The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. In Lakewood, a while back, there was a vart, there was an engagement party of a bacher, a top bacher, chashavah ben taira, and it was actually to the daughter of a very prestigious Rosh Hashiva. And you know how it is in Lakewood. It's a, there was a lot of people that knew both sides, especially the Rosh Hashiva side. A whole night long people are coming in and people are coming out and people are coming in and coming out. When it was absolutely packed, the place was mobbed, all of a sudden the grandfather of the chassan gives a clap on the table. He asks the son about this. He says, if I have everyone's attention, I'd like to say something, which, by the way, is very much out of character. No one speaks at a vart and engagement. Like, you come in, you say, Malatav, you take something to eat, maybe you make a l'chaim and you leave. And he says, I'd like to share a story. Everyone's a little taken aback. A story? It's late. What is this? Bedtime stories. So I want to tell you the story of a particular child. This child lived in a little town in Europe, a shtetl in Europe, where the houses were made out of wood, as was the base medrash. And there was the guy, you know, the milkman, and there was the shaykhit, and there was the shul, Rav Omudlur, and Yaakov, and Mishnai, so it was your typical, you know, idyllic setting of, of a little simple shtetl. The people were poor, the people were simple, but there was a certain ruach of Avodah Hashem. It, was, it wasn't such a tiny little town, and there was a pretty substantial cheder where all the boys attended. He says there was one boy in this cheder that nowadays he probably would be, you know, would have been diagnosed or would have figured it out, but he couldn't learn. And because he couldn't learn, he was bored. And because he was bored, he did all kinds of mischief and antics. And the rebbeim suffered, the menal suffered, the boys suffered. He wasn't a pleasure to have in the yeshiva, but no, they couldn't find it within their heart to throw him out. One morning, um, the boys all get together, and the rebbeim, the anhala come together to daven shachris. And all of a sudden, at some point in Shacharis, they hear strange noises coming from the Aran Kodesh. So the Manal, the principal, goes up to the front to see what's going on. And he opens up the curtain and he opens up the doors. And all of a sudden, a goat jumps out of the Aran Kodesh, a little goat, and it butts him and it runs him over and it goes running around and chaos erupts. And the kids are screaming and it's crazy. And standing here at the side with his hands folded is this, this kid and he is laughing his heart out. He's the one who took the goat from someone and he put it into the Aron Kodesh and it seems like the goat maybe fell asleep but when it woke up it wasn't so comfortable and it was crazy. And later that day the Rebbeim and the Menal, the principal, got together and they said that was the straw that broke the camel's back. It's all over. And they call the boy's parents in and they tell the boy, I'm sorry, you cannot be in this yeshiva ever again. Goodbye. And the poor boy suddenly hangs his head and he leaves, and a few days passes, and Yeshiva doesn't hear from him. And all of a sudden, one day, he's there. And bam, well, he's back. He has no permission. He can't go back to Yeshiva. They send him to the Manal. The Manal says to him, what are you doing here? He says, I decided to come back to Cheda. I'm going to learn today. Manal said, I'm sorry. No more sorries. It's, he hit the point of no return. It's all over. He ain't coming back. He says, no, I'm not going anywhere. I want to learn. He said, you don't want to learn. You're, who knows what? You're going to put Narn Kodesh this time. A chicken? It's not happening. So I'm not leaving. They're like, you have to leave. Not leaving. They say, you know, we're going to have to carry you out of here. He says, you can't make a decision to, lot, to, to make me leave and not let me stay. Did you speak to the Rav in the town? You're not the Rav in this town. He's the one that makes all the decisions. And I didn't know what to do. <laughs> he didn't want to physically throw the kid out. On the other hand, he, he told the kid he can't come back and a word is a word. So he says, fine, I'll, you know what, we'll go to the Rav. And the strange sight ensues where the Manal and a few of the Rebbeim and when the kids saw this, bunch of kids, and this guy, they're all marching towards the Rav. They come to the Rav, and the Rav sits them down in his dining room, and the Rav says, okay, 
what's the issue? What's the dintaira? What's what's the dialogue here? What's the argument? And the principal says, and the rabbim say quite unequivocally, this kid he hit the point of no return. He put a goat in the arm, kodesh, such a chil Hashem, such a bezayin, such a churban, and he wants to come back. Now I'm sorry. <laughs> what's his next antic? And even if he says he's going to be good at the last of the day, we've seen this in the past. He cannot come back. And the, the Rav hears this, and the Rav turns to the boy and he says, "And what do you say?" He says, "I, I, I realize, you know, I realize how I've fallen, and I, I really, I'm going to, I'm going to try hard to, to get myself back together, and every year deserves another chance." The Rav hears both sides, and he doesn't feel that the boy necessarily needs another chance. They've given him ten other chances. When he's about to tell the, the now the principal and the rebbeim that they shouldn't let him back, the boy says, oh, 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 maybe you should consult with others." So the Rav looks at him, consult with others. What do you mean? And the Rav in the town to make the decisions here. Who are the others? He says, did you, did you speak to my children? This little 11-year-old boy says. Did you speak to my grandchildren? Did you speak to my great-grandchildren? The Rav looks at him and says, what do you mean? He goes, you're writing me off and you're taking away my chance to have a tire education forever. I don't know, I'll go work with the, as a shoemaker and that will be the end of my learning. So what's going to happen? What's my child going to be ready? What's my grandchild going to be? And who knows if my great-grandchildren will be from? Did you consult with them and ask them if they're masking that I should not have the opportunity to learn anymore? Everyone was taken aback, the Rav and the Rebbe, and the boy says, give me two more weeks. Give me two weeks to prove myself. If after two weeks, anything happens in those two weeks, you can kick me out of Yeshiva, and I'll never come back and ask. But just, I beg you, two more weeks to try to prove myself. And the Rav was moved by the words of this boy. And the Rav said, okay, you give two more weeks to prove it to the others that you could get it together, that you could learn, that you could grow, and that you could strike. And this grandfather standing in front of this large vart in Lakewood, he turns to everybody and he says, that boy was me. I was the boy that was tossed out of the yeshiva. I was the boy that put the goat in the Yom Kedush, and I'm not proud of that. And I was the boy that was given two weeks to prove myself to my children and to my grandchildren. He says, I sit here tonight and I'm at this vart where my enikol, my grandson is engaged. He's a chashav ben Taira, the daughter of a Rosh Hashiva. Rabbi to the Rav and those in the community, Hashem Kemdamam, he says, I think I've proven myself. I've proven to the others that I could do it. I say, Sometimes a person has to push very hard. He had to put in those two weeks, and I'm sure they were Gehenim for him. They were difficult, more difficult than anything that he did. But if a person does that, Hakim Takim Imai, Rabbi brings him up. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire dot org.